You're listening to episode 54 of the Brick and Mortar Reporter, where I tell you exactly what mistakes I made in launching my new business. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and today we have another episode in my continuing saga to get my business, Cryopop, up and running. And so I wanted to talk to you about this uh, past weekend. I essentially had like a soft launch. I didn't do anything locally or anything like that. I just took my food cart and went down to Mallory Square and had uh, a weekend of Saturday night and Sunday night of selling cryopop down there. There's a lot of things that I learned, but I wanted to recap first. Um, kind of had a crazy Friday and Saturday. On Friday, um, I got word that my uh, carpenter, who was is a friend of mine that was working on my cart, and he, he essentially uh, rebuilt my food cart. He took it all apart, completely down to just the the trailer base of it. Uh, I had a lot of rotten wood. The person who built it before, I don't think used pressure-treated wood. So it just became a nightmare when he was trying to make some changes to it. So he ended up completely demolishing it. We rebuilt it. He rebuilt it from scratch, I should say. I just helped fill in holes and caulk and, you know, paint and do all kind of side jobs. But um, he rebuilt it in a way that is... Uh, much more uh, spacious. There's better use of the counter space. There's um, a lot more storage space underneath. And he kind of customized it for exactly what I'm going to be doing with the cryopop. So on Friday, uh, I got word that he was leaving his regular job at noon to come home and try to finish it because we were trying to get it rushed so that I could at least be down selling by Saturday night. So I spent all Friday afternoon um, into the evening uh, with him trying to get it done, and we uh, ended up running over into Saturday morning. And so when I sell at Mallory Square, I have to go down about 3.30 in the afternoon. And so Saturday morning, I got up early and went back over to his house, and we put the finishing touches on it. We ended up doing some more painting, some uh, touch-ups, and putting another... He, he put a beautiful countertop on my food cart and it's the the kind and it's kind of getting popular right now I'm seeing a lot on the some of the HGTV shows and the remodeling and redecorating where you um, take the scrap wood and he put it through a planer and he essentially pieced together the countertop with all these different pieces of wood that look uh, completely different shades of brown and some are white and it just it looks so fabulous. It looks just beautiful. And so I have that beautiful polyurethane finish on the top of it that just really makes the colors pop. And so we had to sand that down one more time and put another coat of poly on it. And so it was actually drying as I was driving it down the road to get to Mallory Square. So that's that's how uh, close we were on our deadlines. But I made it down there Saturday night. Now, I wanted to tell you exactly what happened and what... uh you know, what I encountered. And some of these, if I run more than the normal scheduled length of my podcast, I will split it into two. But I wanted to kind of get all of these out so you could hear exactly uh, kind of how I'm working through the process. And uh, first of all, I'll talk about what went right. Uh, my cart 
was a hit. When I got down to Mallory Square, you know, it had been um, about three weeks since I had been down there. And so all of the vendors and people that used to see me down there, um, when I rolled in with my new cart, were just like, oh my gosh, fancy schmancy. I think someone even called it classy. And they were just saying how beautiful it looked. Some people were laughing um, and saying that, you know, in the Key West has a real uh, problem with affordable housing and it's very expensive to rent and that sort of thing and some people were laughing and saying hey if you put a back wall on that you could probably rent that out for 900 bucks a month you know and let people sleep there at night and you know they were just is really impressed with uh, how it looked and the things that we're doing i do have a boat going by so uh you might hear pick up a little bit of motor noise but um and also be aware that you'll hear you will hear a few uh, noise in the background that you know a lot of people in our studios wouldn't have i am sitting about 15 feet from the water on my screened in back porch right here on the gulf of mexico um just outside of key west and so this morning um it rained early on it hasn't rained in a little while but the fish have been very active and so they've been jumping up out of the water and flopping around and so if you hear some sloshing of water i'm not recording this in the bathtub i promise but it might sound like that also um i have my five dogs out here on the porch with me so occasionally you might hear them um uh, pounce on something or their little nails clicking across the tile floor so just understand uh, that's what you're hearing and uh, you know a few minutes ago I even saw an osprey swoop right down right in front of me and pick up a fish out of the water and go back up so um, a lot going on but uh, nothing that we can't uh, work through and hopefully it won't be too disruptive to the podcast but anyway my cart was a hit. It was. It looked beautiful. It performed well. It rode great on the road. It took the bumps well. Solid as a rock. It's also pretty darn heavy. Um, so whenever I uh, get it off of the trailer and have to kind of wheel it by hand onto the pier, um, that is one of the workouts that I probably need in my life. So, um, so I'll, I'll adjust. And there's people there that could help me, you know, push it if I needed to. So. Um, the cart was beautiful. It did great. Um, the other thing that went right is the people that bought my product absolutely loved it. They were surprised. They expressed. I mean, I had some people eat it and go, wow, you know, which is exactly, exactly the reaction that I wanted. People were fascinated by what I was doing. They wanted to see. They had questions. They were inquisitive. They'd never heard of it. A lot of them asked me, how did I get the idea? Um, you know, just it was it was all new to them. So that is exactly what I want. I even had people taking selfies with my product. And if you'll remember um, the podcast in the, the first part, of this whenever I was talking about what I wanted to do, I said that I wanted that product that people would take selfies with. So um, it's very interesting, uh, the mentality that goes with the selfie, but that just shows you, you know, somebody got something that was so unique that they've never seen before. They wanted to take a picture of themselves with the experience, post it on their Facebook, tweet it out, and get the word out there of, of what it was and what they were doing. So I love that. And that's exactly what I want. And so what I need is just more of that going on, right? So that's what went right. And so uh, from that perspective, it was really good to kind of get out and do a little trial run and test my product. And so um, I also had a long, not a long, long list, but a list of things that went wrong or things that I need to fix. And now the one thing that I think a lot of business owners need to be aware of is we can only see things from our perspective. And so 
uh, it's very, very revealing whenever you finally get the customers in front of your product and get them interacting with your product and seeing what their reactions are uh, to it. And sometimes it's just a simple matter of they, I'm not explain, maybe I don't explain things well. Uh, maybe they don't, they cannot tell from looking and from seeing what I'm doing what exactly is going on there. And so that does a couple of things. Um, there are some people that will approach you and say, what is this? What are you doing? And they're inquisitive and they will ask. And there's other people that will just kind of stand back and other people will say, mm, I don't know what that is. It doesn't immediately attract my attention. And so they walk on by. And so um, seeing those customers' interactions and how um, they take what you're putting out to them is very, very revealing, but it also gives you tons of clues of what you need to tweak in order to sell your product better or in order to have a better uh, response to your product. And so that's what I wanted to share with you today, the, the takeaways that I had once I got my product out. Um, the first thing that I found is that people don't understand my signage. Okay, so let me tell you what my sign says. At the top of my cart, I have a six foot by two foot. It's like a vinyl banner that's uh, mounted on my cart. And you can actually see it on my Facebook page. I posted pictures of it. It's uh, Facebook cryopop uh, facebook.com forward slash cryopop is my Facebook page. So go on there and like us. You can see I've got, I'll post some video and, and sunset pictures most nights. And then also I've got a picture of my cart in there. But my signage on my cart, um, the headline is cryopop, which is a foreign word to people. People don't know what that means. And so then I had to go on and further explain it. And so underneath that, I, I kind of was trying to tell people why, where we got the name from, why I named it Cryopop. And so underneath it, it says cryogenically frozen caramel corn. That's the second headline. And then underneath that is some descriptive words. I think it says cool, unique, and delicious because I wanted people to understand it was cool. Um, there's also a picture of caramel corn on the one side of it. There's also some smoke in the background on, on a black background um, underneath the wording that's kind of going up. And the very bottom line says it can't be explained, only experienced. And um, so I had a lot of people not, they number one, they didn't understand that what I was serving was cold or that it was frozen or anything like that. So I had to explain that a lot. Um, <laughs> one of the most uh, funny things that I had to, you know, it, I am, I will tell you this, for those of you that don't know me personally, um, I am one of those people that it probably just reeks of, uh, inappropriate humor sometimes and it's not that I have inappropriate humor but I giggle at inappropriate things it's the tragedy giggles it's the ones you get at the funerals or church or anything like that I had it happen to me yesterday morning at church someone uh, the person that was leading the liturgist misread the um, the responsive reading that we were doing and it just cracked me up and then um, I'm sitting you know 20 feet from my uh, partner who's playing the piano and of course we can't stop giggling as we're st you know sitting there looking at each other just laughing about the mistakes that are made we make them too and it's funny when we make them so um if you fall in front of me i will definitely ask you are you okay um but i probably will do it through peals of laughter and if i fall 
people are welcome to laugh at me because it's going to be funny as well. So um, I'll just regret that I don't have the video. So what was funny to me is this, um, first of all, let me just preface it by saying you got to understand this is Key West. And uh, on top of it being Key West, right now we are in the craziest point of Key West. In other words, this is Fantasy Fest week. Now, if you don't know what Fantasy Fest Key West is, Google it. Um, it is the craziest time of the year. It, uh, I guess, about, you know, 100,000 people descend on the city, and it is non-stop events and crazy things. Last night, they had the zombie bike ride, and I think 15,000 people participated. So everyone dresses up like zombies, and you ride your bike all the way through the city. There are stuff like that going on all week. You know, there's a foam party at this place and a, you know, a parade here and there. I mean, there's just so much going on. And you have to remember, this is an event that was created in order to draw tourists at a time of the year whenever we normally would have no tourists here because nobody really takes a lot of vacation during this month of October. So it was created for that, specifically for that purpose to draw tourists, and that it has done. But if you're ever visiting Key West and you've never visited before, if you have any morals or values, do not come during Fantasy Fest week um, because you will see things you can't unsee. And so uh, anyway, I say that jokingly, but it is um, the most raucous time in Key West. So I had a lady that came down last night and she clearly had had a few to drink and was a few sheets to the wind. And <laughs> she looked at my sign and, and st the, the word cryogenically is was throwing her for a loop. And she said... You mean to tell me you psychogenically freeze caramel corn? So it it was funny because then I had to sit there and talk to her and, and answer her and act like it was this was a completely normal thing. I don't even know what the word if there is a word called psychogenically, but it was it just cracked me up. So um, I tried to hold my laughter and tried to uh, answer her questions and explain it to her. But so people don't understand my signage. So I need to work on changing that so that people can read my sign and understand exactly what it is. And so um, I've, I've got to work on that. But, you know, that that is a $40 mistake because it'll cost me about $40 to have my banner completely redone. And so I can do that, and it won't take terribly long to do it, and uh, so I can fix that. Now, the other thing that I noticed on the first night down there is that I, when I was not actively making an order of cryopop, people that were walking by and passing by could not tell what I was doing. In other words, you know, my counters are clear except for the bowl that I uh, make the cryopop in because essentially I have my bin of caramel corn that's uh, like in a sealed airtight container that I scoop out of. I have that sitting off to the side and I have my tanks of liquid nitrogen sitting off to the side of the counter. So that's out of view of anyone walking by. And so people could, you know, when you see a countertop with this bowl that's kind of like the center focal, focal point, um, you can't really tell what's going on if I'm not actively making an order. Now, if I'm making an order of cryopop, you're going to see smoke, uh, vapors coming out. You're going to see like a, you know, it, it's very, very intriguing and it draws a crowd. So I needed to figure out or I need to figure out what to do during the time people are not ordering to still attract people to my booth. But here's the thing. It's expensive to keep making 
orders if no one's going to be there purchasing them because I'm utilizing liquid nitrogen to freeze it on contact. And liquid nitrogen, I think I told you the other day, right now in Key West, and it might be higher down here than anywhere else because we, we have to truck it so far, is $4.80 a liter. So it costs me, by the time taxes and everything, $55 to fill up my 10 liter um, doer uh, for liquid nitrogen. So that's what I'm dealing with there. Um, the other thing that went did not go as planned, as I had told you, I had planned on, I have these uh, stickers, that these little small two-inch stickers that I was just going to give to everyone that purchased my product that says, I got smoked at Mallory Square because when you eat cryopop, when I first, you know, bring it out of the, the liquid nitrogen, you can actually blow the vapors out of your mouth. So it kind of looks like you're smoking and we kind of use the smoke and, and play on it and that sort of thing. So I had, I got those stickers and I, I got a thousand of them because I, I wanted to give them away to every single person that purchased because I wanted people to walk around with these stickers on that said, I got smoked at Mallory Square and make people wonder what it was and where they got those and just kind of try to create some buzz. So the problem was they were a complete bust. The company I got them from, I couldn't find anyone locally that made them, so I had to order them online. And the, the design is fine. And when I got them, they were all cut down and trimmed exactly to the circle of the size of the sticker. And they were uh, bundled and shrink-wrapped in packages, I, I believe. Uh, so they'd stack like a 100 of the round, round stickers on top of each other and then shrink-wrap that in a pack. Um, so it's like a little uh, thing that's, you know, a couple inches tall that's just the stickers there. And so whenever we opened the packs and we tried to peel off the backing, there wasn't a slit down the middle that you could sort of like fold it in half and get behind it. There wasn't any kind of extra... Uh, backing on it where it would allow you to peel it and so we struggled you know for like 45 seconds to a minute just to try to peel off the backing of these stickers and I tried five of them and could not get any of them to work properly. I Three of them, after the third one, where I finally felt like I was making some progress and I got it to peel, I peeled it back and what I had done is torn the wrong part of it. So I had two essentially uh, like papered sides that were pulled apart, but neither one of them were adhesive because I didn't peel it at the right place and it wasn't real obvious uh, way to do that. And I got someone else to try and they were able to manage to get two um, that peeled apart at the back where the, we could actually use them, but it, it took too long to do it. Um, we couldn't do it correctly, and so giving out the stickers was just not feasible, and so that idea was a complete bust, and I have contacted the company that made them to either see if I can get a refund or a remake or something on that because that was just a complete waste uh, the way those stickers are. And, you know, it's probably good feedback for them as a company as well because if you give me as a customer a product that is not functional, um, it is of no use to me. And that is exactly what those stickers are. So I won't tell you where I got them at this point. I'll give them an opportunity to fix it. And if uh, they don't, I'll tell you how it goes. And if uh, they don't do it the right way, I'll uh, tell you about it and tell you who I got them from. And if they do do it the right way, I'll tell you about it, tell you who I got them from. And if you need some stickers for your stuff, you'll know who to go through as well. So um, so it's up to them whether they're going to get bad publicity or good publicity. But uh, I wanted to uh, give them an opportunity to fix that because I really think um, that's a, a great idea, especially the kids that come up and get it. We like to um, you know, give them something. Kids like stickers and all that too. So um, 
The other thing, we're still on what went wrong. Can you believe this list goes on? My first night, I had ordered an acrylic bowl that I was going to use. I, what I told you I had a, like a, it's almost like a lighted plate and it, it switches colors from like, um, blue to red to green to white and so it's just like a round disc that has lights in the middle of it and so I had ordered this acrylic bowl that I'm going to sit on top of that so that as soon as it starts to get a little bit of a little bit dark out at Mallory Square then I can turn the lights on in the bowl and so whenever it's smoking with the vapors of the liquid nitrogen and that sort of thing I will have those colors catching and it just it just attracts more attention. It's a little bit more of a show with that. So the first night I had to order the acrylic bowl and it has not come in. It's shipped, it's been tracked, it just for whatever reason it didn't show up. So the first night I used a stainless steel bowl. And with that being said, it wasn't as much of a visual show for my customers. And the the lighting, because of the way the, the stainless steel bowl fit over the uh, lighted plate, I wasn't even able to get any good, um, you know, use out of the lights. So that was something that I needed to um, get rectified so I can help add to the experience. Now, the other thing, I made a mistake last night. Boy, I caught myself and I thought, note to self, don't do this again. I had somebody that ordered two orders. They're like, we'll take two. They ordered two orders of cryopop, and normally I scoop, I have one scoop, I know exactly how much I need of the caramel corn, so I scoop out one scoop of caramel corn, and I have one um, of the scoopers, dippers of the, um, the liquid nitrogen, and that together, that ratio, one to one, makes a batch of liquid, of uh, cryopop, and so I had that down pat, so they ordered two, and in my mind, I thought, oh, well, I'll make both of them, I'll make one, make them one at a time so that they'll both be fresh for the people that are eating them. And so I made them and I kind of, it kind of got crazy at my, my cart for a few minutes and I had people waiting in line and, but they weren't really in a, like one single file line. They were sort of like spread all along the front of my counter. And so I made one order and I handed it to the guy that ordered two and then I made another order and I was thought I was giving it to I thought it was his daughter, but it wasn't. It was the other person on the other side that was in line. They were getting something for their daughter, and I gave them that. And he said, hey, I'm still waiting on my second order. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was giving you the second order. Well, by that time, his first child had already walked away, and he's like, you know what? The kids are fine with what they have. Just cancel the second order. So I was like immediately, ah, I lost that second sale. Now granted, it's only five bucks, but if you make that mistake several times in a day, um, it can be costly. So in my uh, taking mental notes, I immediately thought, okay, if someone orders two or three or four, four scoops are going into the bowl, four liquid nitrogens going in the bowl, and we're going to work it that way so that I make it. I was like, I need to make it at the same time, batch it together, make them together, serve them together, and that way they'll pay together and I don't lose any of those sales. So uh, that was just one of my, you know, just a process thing. It just, you, you live and you learn. So um, the other thing that went wrong is I had, uh, my partner was out taking pictures and video, um, which was great. And the video turned out great and some of the pictures turned out great. She got some of our customers enjoying it and th some of their comments. 
But for some reason, the way my Cryopop Facebook page is, you can't post the videos on your Facebook and tag Cryopop on them or even post them on the Cryopop timeline. So I have got to get in there, and I don't know if it's because I have it set up as a page or I, I don't know what it is, but I've got to fix that because we can't be tagged in a post, and I really want to be um, able to have customers tag us whenever they do their selfies and that sort of thing. So... Changes I made on Sunday night. So I told you Saturday night was my first night. Changes I made on Sunday night. Um, I decided because of all the questions and all the queries that I got on Saturday night that it would be very, very helpful if I gave out um, samples. And so I decided uh, yesterday afternoon after coming back from church, we stopped by and got a so the packages of their little... They're little bitty, I think they call them portion cups or something like that. But essentially what it looks like is those coffee creamer cups that you get like at Denny's or something like that. You get them and you peel off the top. But it looks like that without the little foil top on it. So I can fit two to three pieces of cryopop in it. And my thought was that the next night on Sunday night I would make... If people were not ordering, but there were lots of people around and it was kind of like a high traffic time because there are times right before and right after sunset where there is a lot of traffic and a lot of people walking by, I thought during those times, if I'm making and giving out samples, number one, it keeps me making the product and so it continually draws people in looking at what is she doing because when you put the liquid nitrogen in the bowl it sizzles the smoke comes out and it's really it's it's really fantastic to watch it's fun to make too but um, it just it draws people in and so I needed to be making it constantly and if I could give it out most people would take a free sample especially something they've never had before and I also thought that if people took a sample and it was two bites of the caramel corn and they really liked it they would be like, yeah, we're getting some of that. That's good. And so um, that did happen. I did end up having you know a few people buy because they got samples. Now, I gave out over 200 samples. I had a um, the, the pack of portion cups that I got was said 250 in a pack, and I probably have less than 20 uh, left. And so about 230 samples I gave out. Uh, all of them did not result in sales, and there are some people that are never would never buy it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm dealing with tourists, and so many times tourists, I get a one-shot thing, and I get a new crowd every single night. But the other part is, is that I have seen people come back on multiple nights when they're in town, if they have a good time at Mallory Square and they want to see the sunset, or maybe the sunset wasn't as great the first night they come, they'll come back for a second night. And so there is a chance to get make that impression and get that repeat business. Also, some people will say, oh, we're just walking through to go this or that place right now, but are you going to be here the rest of the night? We'll come back. And that, that was a good opportunity as well, and several people did that. So um, the samples worked really well. I could probably stand there and hand out samples all day long and not make any money, though. So I've got to figure out a way to sort of streamline that and focus it so that I'm not, because it's expensive to give out samples when I'm just, you know, dumping liquid nitrogen on the caramel corn and giving it out and getting, you know, giving, you know, if I give out a batch of 15 or 20 and there's not a single order from that, then um, I'm losing. And so I've got to figure out a way to try to um, temper that a little bit so I'm not just giving away the farm for nothing in return. 
So, um, but the samples are definitely uh, something I need to continue doing. Plus, it generates a lot of activity around my booth. You know, when people walk by and see people coming over and getting samples, people are drawn to it. So, um, and it's something that no one else is doing down there. So, um, definitely it's a plus to do it. So, I've got to just tweak it and do it right. The last thing I did from the first night to the second night is I dug in the cabinet and got out grandma's lead crystal bowl because <laughs> I need, I'm you know, still Saturday to Sunday, UPS isn't delivering. So, I still don't have my, uh, acrylic bowl that I've ordered. So I dragged out the lead crystal and that worked beautifully. It worked well because people could see in the bowl. They could see what I was doing. They had a lot of questions about my process and what I'm doing. They could see it at the same time when it got dark. I could put the lights under it and it really, it lit up my whole booth and it made it, made it really um, a good show. So that was uh, a couple of changes that I made that I tweaked and uh, from the first night to the second night and you know what, you guys, this is what business is all about. Nobody comes out with their business and does the same thing day after day after day. Um, and five years from now, their business is exactly like they rolled it out the first night. You have to make changes. You have to constantly readjust. And if something isn't working, change it. It doesn't mean you say, oh, this doesn't work. Because I'll be honest with you, after my first night, I mean, my, I was hoping uh, for a much better uh, total gross um, revenues on the first night out. Um, but you know what? I, I've got to, I've got to get to where I can communicate with my customer what I'm doing. And, you know, I've got something brand new. I've got something that they haven't done before. And so I definitely need, uh, to work on that on my end. And so I'm willing to do that. And so I'm going to keep growing and keep, keep watching how people respond and tweaking what I need to tweak. So, um, but I did make some good changes that definitely had an impact. So the second night I had much better, revenues, um, the crowd was off. And, and that's the other thing about um, at Mallory Square. D during different nights of the week, the crowd could be completely off. It could be a completely different crowd from one night to the next. It could be that there's a lot of people, but there's not a lot of buyers. It could be that there's not a lot of people coming through at all. And so you have a smaller crowd to deal with. So each night is kind of unto itself and can't be compared to the night before. But I wanted to share with you also some changes that I'm going to be making in the future. And um, I was lucky enough to have, I have a couple of friends, it's a husband-wife couple, and they're both in, they each have their own separate businesses. And one of, they're, they're very different, their businesses are very different, but also their, um, their styles are very different. And, and the wife is very uh, focused on branding, and she's, you know, very long-term, and, you know, just quality, quality, quality. And the the guy is like, uh, you know, knows a lot about what he calls like guerrilla marketing. And they're just very, very good business people that are thinkers. And so they actually came down and spent some time. They, they tried my product last night. They came down and spent some time at my booth last night watching, giving me some tips. Um, some One of the tips that um, Gary, the, the gentleman, gave me is that he suggested I get uh, some of those ultrasonic misting machines. And essentially what that would do is I could put one on each side of my counter, on each side of my booth, and it would create that fog effect, kind of like the, the liquid nitrogen does, but it wouldn't be as costly 
as using liquid nitrogen to do that and to continue make things even when no one was buying. So that is something, it's a very small amount of money. I'm talking about like maybe 30 bucks per machine. And essentially it sits there and you just keep refilling the water on it in it and it keeps making um, the mist. I had thought about getting like a fog machine and putting it under, kind of under my cart so that it would do a fog out, you know, kind of along the pier. Um, but after I d had done some research and even talked to Gary about it, and he said, you know, you got to keep buying a fogging solution, which is kind of expensive. At the same time, he said, if you run a fog machine all night long, you will have uh, the whole, the like the, the foot of, of the floor, you know, from the foot up down, uh, up down that doesn't make any sense but if you know what i'm saying the, the the bottom of the floor of the pier will essentially be covered with this fog so people could trip over dogs or animals or children or even other obstacles in their way and i didn't want it to be a distraction for other vendors or something that kind of obscured their product or even that that caused some friction there with that so i had to be conscious of that so i think the ultrasonic misting machines are definitely the way to go for that so i'm gonna get a couple of those ordered this week it's not anything i can get locally from the stores that are around here and so i'm gonna work on that and that that's a great thing um some people have also suggested i have uh essentially four walls on my cart and it does have a roof on it and so i can hang things um, around the sides and so people have suggested um the type of lights like people hang from their rvs you know kind of the outdoor funky lights that um, someone said they found some one time that had ice cubes on it and so there's several things like that some people have also consider uh, told me to consider the uh, like the the we call them lizard lights on motorcycles, but they're the essentially the colored lights that will track around something and potentially change colors. Um, so they've suggested that, and those are all great ideas and things I'm definitely going to look to add in the future. Um, I also have got to change my signage. Got to get something um, that essentially, I, I guess I need to say cryopop and then say, you know, caramel corn plus liquid nitrogen equals cryopop. So people understand. Um, and then kind of, uh, lay it out maybe in a different way that's more understandable. I understand what my sign is, but they don't. And if they don't understand, it doesn't matter how much sense it makes to me, I'm going to be losing customers because it's either too much work to figure it out or they just don't want to take the time to do that. So those are two other things I'm going to do. I've got to fix my Facebook page so that people can be tagged in my photos and people can upload videos and photos and tag me. Um, Valerie, the friend, the, the, the wife of the friend that, uh, the couple that came down there, the business people that came down to help me with my, um, uh, assessing what I'm doing, also suggested that I create a hashtag, a unique hashtag, and put it out there so that people, so that essentially, if people post anything to their timeline or even tweet it and use that hashtag, that special hashtag, I will then be able to see and move their, uh, post their photos on my Facebook or Twitter account as well. And so that's a great idea. So, um, I'm working out trying to figure out what the best hashtag is for that. I'm thinking about smoked at Mallory. I'm also thinking about cold smoke. Um, you know, cause I was finding myself last night saying a lot of got a, a fresh cold batch made, um, cause most people say fresh hot batch in it. So I was, uh, trying that. I've also found, um, myself saying several times this is the coolest snack in Key West because it is it's like they serve it at negative 200 and something degrees and so it is literally 
the coolest snack in Key West. So um, there's several things that I could do with that, and so I'm going to work on that and making it more. Um, I might even put out a survey and ask people which which tagline or which hashtag they would be more likely to use. So, um, And the other thing is just publicizing my social media channels. I don't have anything on my booth or my cart that says uh, that I'm on Facebook or that I'm on Twitter or that I even have a website. And so I need to include that or add some additional signage for that. So um, I've also gone last week um, right before I started finishing the final work on my food cart and uh, got some preliminary things for ordering my t-shirts that are going to say I got smoked at Mallory Square. And uh, so I'm working on that. And so these are the things that I am doing to improve. And every little tweak is going to make a difference. I know it will. Um, I can't um, I can't quit trying to improve. And I will tell you this, a lot of people that are down at Mallory Square, um, they're not, none of them are doing anything that I'm, that I'm doing. And they, you know, I mean, don't go, don't get me wrong. They have lights. Um, but they're not any, none of the food vendors actually do anything to try to make it an experience. Um, and so, um, all of them are just relying straight up on their product. And I believe I have a good product. I know my product is good just based on the reactions that I'm getting from it. It's a good product. But because it's not a widely known national brand or it's something new that no one has ever seen before, um, I have to do more work educating them and socializing it. And so that's what I've got to take upon myself. So I'm working on that. And also I've got a um, lunch scheduled for next Sunday with um, the couple, Valerie and Gary, who have now come down and spent, you know, about an hour uh, looking at what we're doing and looking at the whole, uh, you know, the, even sizing up the competition and seeing what else was down there. And so they're going to kind of have this week to uh, marinate on what I'm doing and think of some things and come up, help me come up with some ideas. And so Sunday afternoon is our time to sit down and brainstorm and try to discuss things I can do on the pier, things that I need to be doing off the pier to socialize and publicize and that sort of thing. So I will keep you posted on all my goings on. You know, I every time I'm down at the pier, I run into people and, and as people come up to my booth and my cart, I love finding out where they're from. Um, many of them, I get over and over and over again questions of, do you live here? How long have you lived here? What made you move here? And many, many people say, oh, yeah, I want to live here so bad. So, um, you know, it's a common thing, and this is how I'm doing it. I quit my job, and I moved to Key West, and this is how I'm trying to figure it out and how I'm trying to make it. So uh, it's a dream that a lot of people have, but you know what? It do your dream doesn't have to be moved to Key West. Your dream could be to take charge of your own employment. Your dream could be to start something on your own. Your dream could be to do something that enhances your lifestyle. In other words, maybe it gives you more time freedom. Maybe it gives you more flexibility so that you could leave work and go to a three o'clock ball game with your children in the afternoon. I don't know what it is that you want out of life, but my hope is that you will be inspired by the steps that I have taken and that my journey going through this and walking in a very uh, fearful place and a very uncomfortable place in my life will help you be inspired to take the action that you need. You can have all the ideas in the world. And so many of my friends 
you know, are idea people. And they say, oh, we thought about doing this a hundred times, but all we ever do is talk about it. Or they have this idea, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the other thing. But what separates them from me is the action. So until you step out and take that action and start something, maybe you need to start it in the part-time while you continue your full-time job. Maybe you need to begin thinking about what would I need to do if I wanted to move somewhere where I really wanted to be. What do I need to do to sell my house? What I need to declutter? What I need to fix the patio? What I need to paint? What I need to, what would you need to do? And start making a list and getting them crossed off. And you're, every time you do that, you are one step closer to doing what you want to do with your life. Maybe it's that you just need to update your resume because you need to find a different job. And so you just don't do it because you're comfortable where you are. Maybe you need to update your resume. Maybe you need to start looking on the, the want ads and seeing what's out there. Maybe you need to start going to networking events and seeing who the business people in your area are so that you can get connected to them. I don't know what it is, but I know that many, many people are very discontent with their lives. So until you take that action and until you take the first step, and once you take the first step, it's easier to take the second step, and pretty soon you will form a pattern of taking action. And then you just build on that and never let a day go by where you're not taking one step towards where you ultimately want to be in life. So my goal is to encourage you and I'm giving you tons of details about what my journey is entailing and my business is simple. It's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It's not saving the world. All I'm doing is trying to enhance a tourist experience in a beautiful location in the world. And so um, by doing that, I can share what I'm learning and hopefully you can learn something from it too. So take action today. Take control of your life. And thanks again for joining me on the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 